And the title of my message this morning is Just Believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, Just Believe. Just Believe. Seems like a simple concept. And I know that some of you are thinking, Oh, yeah, I know where you're going, Pastor. But there's going to be some, there's going to be some uh, turns and twists along the way. And I'm hoping to teach you what the Bible means by just believe today. Are you in Mark chapter 9? Say amen. Verse 14, when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some religious leaders arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, O oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion, and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth, and he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he replied, from childhood, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him, and he got up. Just believe. The Bible is full of stories like this where Jesus steps into the situation that everybody else has tried to do something about and failed at, and his message is often the same, just believe. I want to start this morning by reminding everybody that all of us have problems that we can't handle. Even Christians have problems we can't handle. Uh, Michael Bublé wrote a song in 2013 called I've Got It Easy. Listen to some of the words. I've never been in trouble. I never got hurt. Never had to struggle. I never had to work hard for anything before. Believe me, Lord, I've got it easy. I feel guilty a little. I've been given so much. People are dying in the dark while I'm lying in the sun. And I sleep like a baby every night, it seems. I'm having the sweetest dreams. I can say honestly, I've got it easy. That was in 2013 he wrote that song. Well, that sounds like a, uh, the life that we would like to have, right? Uh, be good looking, sing really well, and make millions of dollars traveling the world, and everybody uh, fawns over you. But then in 2016, three years later, his son is diagnosed with cancer. This is the human experience. There are all of these joys, wonders, highs, 
victories, wonderful things, great dreams, but they're always tempered by the lows, the sorrows, the problems, the difficulties. They come our way. Even Michael Bublé is not immune to the problems that life has. If you are human, you feel the pain. Come on, are you with me today? If you are human, you feel the pain. And I want you to know that if you're not having a problem beyond your control today, then it's coming. There is coming a day when life is going to hit you with a curveball. It could be financial. It could be uh, physical. It could be emotional. It could be relational. Whatever it is, life is going to throw a problem at you. The question is not do you have problems. The question is what do you do when you have problems? Come on, are you with me today? Look at this father. Up to this point, he'd gotten zero results. How many of you can relate to that? The Bible says here that this boy of his that had been demon-possessed had been that way for a long time, so no doubt his father, being a loving father, had tried all kinds of things to get this boy delivered, to somehow help his son get out of the situation that he's in, but nothing was working. He got no results. Some of you today may have come here with a problem that you've tried everything in the world to solve and you've gotten no results. The next thing he did is he brought them to the disciples and they tried, they prayed, they spoke to the demon, they did everything they're supposed to do with no results. You see, the father made two mistakes and Jesus had to teach him. When you've got a problem beyond your control, two things is all you need to do. His two mistakes was this. One, he didn't take him straight to Jesus. And two, he didn't believe. He had doubt in his mind. I came here to tell somebody, you may have suffered for a long time. You may be going through a difficulty that's beyond your control. You may have tried everything in the world, applied all of the world's principles, the doctor's principles, the psychiatrist's principles, medical principles. You may have done what the self-help books tell you to do, even what the preacher has told you to do. But until you, number one, take it to Jesus, you will get no results. And when you come to Jesus, you need to believe what he says. Come on, are you with me today? Sometimes we can make things so complicated, so difficult. We, we try to carry our own burdens. We try to get the outcome the way we want it to be. We want to say how it's going to turn out and how we're going to get to how it turns out. We don't want to trust God. We don't want to leave it at his feet. We want to take control and be the one in charge. And that leads us to a no results kind of situation. But if we get tired of carrying it ourselves and failing at everything we do, there may come a day when we finally say, okay, Jesus, I'm coming to you and I'm just going to lay it at your feet and I'm going to believe the words you say. Amen. Somebody's getting this today. Bring it to him and just believe. So let me ask you today, the problem that you're carrying, have you brought it to Jesus? Have you really brought it to Jesus? Most of us, first, we try to take care of our own problems. My might, my, my power, my thinking. If I worry about this enough, I'll solve it. Jesus said you can't do anything by worrying about a problem, so why are you worrying about it? And yet, for some reason, we'll pray for five minutes and worry for five hours. How many of you hear what I'm saying? We'll spend so much time worrying. And, and if we don't worry, we feel irresponsible. Like, boy, I got this big problem and here I am just relaxed and enjoying life. That feels wrong. I almost feel like I'm supposed to worry. That means I'm responsible. Worry is not responsible. It's a lack of faith. Come on, and I'm talking with you. Because I know exactly what it means to worry about problems. It's saying, I want it to turn out my way. Come on. 
my way, at my time, my outcome. You can tell when uh, it's uh, about me and you're taking the burden on yourself. It usually starts with, I want it to turn out my way. Come on. I want it to be the way I want it to be. And I want it to be at the time I want it to be. Come on, some of you are praying for your kids that God will do a miracle in your kids. And you have in your mind as a parent how you want things to turn out. Can I tell you something? Those kids don't belong to you. They belong to Jesus. And you ought to be praying, God, let it turn out the way you want it to turn out. Oh, but I can't do that. Yes, you can. If Mary can stand at the foot of the cross and watch Jesus die because that was God's plan for him, then you can watch your kids go through some things knowing and trusting that God is going to take care of them. Amen? You can tell when you're carrying it because it has to turn out my way. And if, if I can't make it turn out my way, I'll try a religious approach. Yeah, I'll, I'll try God, but it isn't really Jesus. We're just going through religious motions. Did you notice in the beginning of this, the religious leaders were arguing in the crowd with the disciples and the father of this little boy. They're all arguing. And you know why they're arguing? Because the religious leaders couldn't deliver the boy and the disciples couldn't deliver the boy. And now they're all yelling at each other about why they're doing what they're doing wrong. And that's what religion does to you. Religion says you didn't pray the right way. That's why you're not healed. Religion says you're, you're sick because you got too much sin in your life. Religion says you're having this problem because you hadn't paid your tithes. Religion says, well, I know why they're going through marriage problems. Have you? They ain't been in church in forever. That's not Jesus telling you that. That's religion telling you that. Religion says you've got to earn it. In the end, a lot of religion just puts the burden back on you. Listen, the good thing about grace is the burden is on Jesus. Amen. And anytime you get into a situation where you start feeling like the the responsibility, the burden is on you, that you've got to just believe so hard that that it's going to come to pass, uh, the burden is on you now, and that's not the way God wants you to do it. Come on. Religion, and and oftentimes religion turns into, i got to go to this special person. Like, uh, you know, there's a special anointed person. My pastor. Now, I can pray and God doesn't answer, but if I go to my pastor, they'll pray and God will answer their prayer. And let me tell you something. It's good to let other people pray with you, but the point is not that that person is so special that their prayers uh, are going to reach God when yours won't. The point is the pastor should be helping you take your problem to Jesus. Like elbowing everything out of the way and reminding you, hey, we're going to take this to Jesus and I'm going to agree with you that we can't fix this, fix this on our own. But, but if we take it to Jesus, he will handle your problem. Come on. You got to get out of the mindset that if you could just get to, to, to T.D. Jakes' church, uh, God might heal you. If you could get to that revival that's going on over there because God must be over there. Can I tell you a secret? God is everywhere. And if you're not aware of it, that's not God's problem. Come on. Are you hearing me this morning? We get into the situation where we're looking for a special person or a special place. And the truth is Jesus is right here in your life. He's in your home. He's in your car. He's everywhere. If you just take it to him and believe. So I got to ask you again. The problem you're carrying, the worry that you have, the thing that you've been struggling with and you can't get any results on your own. Have you truly taken it to Jesus and left it at his feet? Have you taken the outcome and the when and the where and the why and the what of all of it and said, Jesus, I'm leaving it with you. It can turn out how you want it to turn out. 
the way you want it to turn out and when you want it to turn out. And I'm okay with that. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, and when you take it to Jesus, you got to believe. Faith, listen to this. Faith is the key that unlocks everything Christ has for you. Did you catch that? Faith is the key that unlocks everything Christ has for you. But what do you believe? Let's explore that for just a moment. What do you believe? A lot of people think faith means I have a wish in my mind and I'm believing that God's going to give me my wishes. Now, that's what a genie does. That's not what God does. Because sometimes the Bible says you pray amiss. In other words, you pray a prayer that's not in the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's why when you pray God will help you win the lottery, he doesn't help you win the lottery. You know why he doesn't help you win the lottery? Because if you were rich, you'd be a pain in the bootay. We couldn't get you to trust God anymore because you'd trust in your money then. We couldn't get you to love people because you'd love your money then. Ooh, I'm telling the truth now, ain't I? It's not believing in what we wish for. It's believing in what he said. Did you catch that? It is believing in the word of God. What did Jesus say? Well, he said a lot of stuff, but three of the most important words he ever said was when he was on the cross right before he died. He said, it is finished. What did he mean by it is finished? He meant the work I came to do, all of the blessings I came to earn for you are completed. They're done. They're accomplished. Amen. Amen. I want you to understand that what you need is already paid for. It's already provided for. It's already yours. While in the natural, you may be waiting for something in the spirit realm. Jesus has already done it. We not, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place that we've already won. Victory is already ours. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, what God does is he does things through the spirit with you. You've got a spirit and a flesh, right? We've learned that. And the spirit part of you as a child of God has been made perfected and you are united with Christ. And so if God's going to give you something, like we often think God is going to give us something in the natural realm. But if you need money, God doesn't give you money. What he does is give you provision in the spirit realm. And then when you believe that the word says, I will provide, that unlocks the provision for your life. Healing comes the same way. It doesn't come to your body. It comes to your spirit first. And when you believe the words that he said that you are healed, then it unlocks the door and your physical body becomes healed. Are you catching this today? That's why we can have two truths in a sense going on at the same time in the spirit realm. Your body's healed because Jesus already did the work. He already spoke it. You're already healed. In the physical, natural realm, you may still feel the pain. You may still have a bad doctor's report. The difference between the two is which one do you believe? Are you going to believe the report of the world? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Come on. That's why you need to get into the word and believe what God says. Because if you get like one ounce of the word and 50 gallons of the natural... The world around you, the report of the world, then you're going to start believing the report of the world because you keep feeding that side of yourself. That's why you need the word. You need the word. You need the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need the word. Watch this. John 17, 16 and 17. I'm going to help you here. Jesus is praying to the father. Listen to what he says. They, speaking of his people, 
are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. There's some deep stuff there I want you to get. First of all, he says, my people are not of the world. What does he mean by that? He means we don't live the way the world lives. In other words, we don't live according to what our five senses tell us. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we hear. We don't live by what we touch or taste or smell. You see, the physical part of us relates to the world through the five senses. Listen, if you can't see, hear, touch, taste, smell, you have no connection to the world around you. It is those senses that allow us to hear the report of the doctor, see the bank account is bad, feel the physicalness in our body that we're feeling pain. And those five senses are telling us a report Are you catching that? They're telling us what is going on in the natural. But that doesn't tell us what's going on in the spiritual. Jesus is saying, my people aren't going to live by the five senses. We don't live by sight. We live by faith in what the word of God says. Come on. Faith in the word of God. That's the first thing I want you to get out of this scripture. We do not live like the world. Next, he says, your word is truth. What God's word says is truth. Jesus is telling this man, if you just believe everything's possible, while his boy, demon-possessed, is writhing on the ground. Do you know that God sometimes will tell you, while you're as poor as you can be and the bank account's in the negative, God is over here in his word telling you, you are provided for. Everything's going to work out. I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to go hungry. Consider the lilies of the field and the grass out there. I take care of them. I'm going to take care of you. While the world's reports says one thing his word is truth somebody we've got to believe that what God says is true it's not becoming true we're not wishing it was true it's already truth and then watch this he says sanctify them in your truth now we already know that truth and the word of God are the same thing right God's word is true sanctify means to set Apart. It means to set apart from something and set apart unto something. Are you catching that? So if there's a, a crowd of people, uh, it's like uh, separating. Like if you have a bride, she's going to get married. When she gets married, she is being separated from every other man and, and uh, uh, separated unto her husband, right? No longer with any other man, forsaking all others, now only to her husband, right? I want you to catch that. Get that sense. When God sanctifies you, when you know the word, he separates you from sin, from sickness, from poverty, from lack, from pain. Whatever it is you're going through, the word of God separates you. The word of God says, look, that's not you. You don't own that thing. Can I help you? Some of you need to watch what you say because you, you've been going around declaring my this, my sickness, my problems, my this. And you need to start saying, uh, that's not my problem. I don't own that. I may be going through it in the natural, but the word says that's not me. That's not what I own. I am healthy. I am whole. I am blessed. I'm provided for. Quit owning that thing and letting it own you. Come on. You say, well, what difference does that make? It makes a lot of difference. What you say ends up being what you believe. You must be careful what you say. The word of truth, God's word, will separate you from the problems you're going through and separate you unto God. 
In other words, it will put you in union with God. And what do we know about the presence of God? In the presence of God, there's no sickness. In the presence of God, there's no suffering, no pain, no, no problems, no difficulties, no burden, no lack. Listen, if you want to know what being in the presence of God is like, go to the end of Revelation chapter 21, I believe. And, and it tells about being in the presence of God in heaven. There's no more tears cried. There's no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. Listen, in the presence of God, there are no pharmacies. There are no handicapped parking spots. There are no problems. There are no hospitals, no nursing homes. There are no difficulties in the presence of God. The word will put you out of, separate you from the problem and put you into the presence of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Union with God. If you believe what God says is true, but you must believe the truth will sanctify you. And that's why Jesus said in John 8, listen to this. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, a lot of people think, well, that, you know, to be a disciple means I have to sit around and read the Bible all the time. Well, it's more than that. It's deeper than, yes, you got to read the Bible, but it's deeper than that. Watch this. If you abide in my truth, you are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Oh, that's good. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look at that. He says abide in my word. Abide means to live. That means live in the word of God. Come on. That, that doesn't mean visit the word of God on Sundays when the pastor preaches. That means live in it. What does it mean by living it? That means that not only do you know it, but you apply it. It's so much a part of your life. The word of God is so much a part of your life that you believe it in such a way that your life responds to it. That's why you can get to a place where even when you don't see where the money's coming from, you're not freaking out because you're living in the world. You're not living in the world. You're living in the word. The word says, my God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm living over here in this. Amen. I'm going to keep pounding it into my head and into my spirit. Meanwhile, over here, the problem may be writhing on the ground right in front of you and screaming. And, 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 and in the natural, it seems like there's no results, no solution. But you don't live over here according to what you see. You live over here according to what he says. Come on, somebody. Are you catching this today? Believe, believe the word of God, which means you have to know the truth. If you don't know it, you can't believe it. And you got to get it pounded into your head. There's something about us, you know, in, the, in our mind and our emotions, we're still broken and we're still not completed and perfect yet. And so we've got to continually renew our minds, the Bible says. Don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by renewing your mind with the word of God. And, and so we have to every day. Like you may go to bed so full of Jesus and so full of faith that you have no doubts. And for some reason you'll wake up the next morning and fear will set into you as you look at the circumstances around you. Sometimes all it takes is a letter in the mail. Uh, a coworker says something to you. Uh, somebody around you who's supposed to be positive maybe goes negative and they drag you down with it. Sometimes all it takes is one little thing and it pulls us over into believing what we see and not what he said. And that's when we need to renew our mind. We need to get the word in us daily and remind ourselves of what the word says. Because if we know the truth, then the truth will set you free. 
You may be stuck today in a situation you can't get yourself out of, but it is the truth. The knowledge of what he said and believing that what he said will come to pass that will set you free from it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just take a moment and praise him today? Come on, lift your hands and let's just thank him, God. Your word is truth, God. Sanctify us with your truth. Sanctify us with your word. Your word is real and right. And we trust your word more than we do anything else, God. We trust your word today. Hallelujah. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So today... I'm trying to teach you what to do when you have problems. I didn't come today to preach a message about how you're never going to have problems. I came to tell you what to do when you have problems. Trust in what he says. So what does the word say about the problem you're going through? Some people say, well, I don't know. I don't know what the word says. Well, let me tell you something. You need to find out. You need to get into the Bible and find out what the word says about your situation and your problem. To a lot of you, it will specifically speak to what you're going through. Come on. Hallelujah. Those of you who are sick and in pain, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes you were healed. That's the word of God. That's what God says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what the Bible says about money? That the Lord God is the one who will provide for us. Hallelujah. He will take care of us. Don't worry about uh, uh, what you're going to face tomorrow. Because God's going to take care of you the way he takes care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. That's what God says. That's not what your bank account says or your boss says or the economy says. But that's what God says. And we have to learn to not be listening to what the world says, but listening to what God says. What does the word say about your situation? Some of you, there may not be specific, uh, specifically addressed in the Bible. Maybe you're wondering whether you should stay at this job or move to another one. Maybe your boss is causing problems or, or, or maybe your house is falling apart. And you don't know how you're going to fix it. Or maybe a relationship is strained and, and you worry that it might never be repaired. I don't know what your situation is, but I know Jesus said this about all situations. Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. What I'm trying to tell you today is that God has already provided the miracle that you need. God has already provided the answer that you need. It's not what you wish for. It's what he said. And when we get to a place where we love him and we trust him so much that we bring our problems and we lay them at the feet of Jesus and we say, Lord, this is my son. He's been broken, he's been hurt, he's been demon-possessed, he's suffered, the devil has had his way with him. I've tried everything on my own and I got no results. And today I'm just laying him at your feet. And whatever you decide is okay with me. And whatever you do is okay with me. And how we get there is okay with me. And when it happens is okay with me, Lord. I'm leaving the outcome up to you. I feel like today there are some in this place, maybe listening to me online right now, who've had a problem. They've maybe even prayed, maybe even quoted the word, but they've never really taken it to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm leaving this with you. You can't take your problem to Jesus and then carry it away when you're done praying. You got to let it go. You got to have faith. You got to trust that Jesus loves you and he has the power to do everything. See, the father said, if you can, Jesus, do something for us. Jesus said, if you can. Don't you know that if you would believe, 
The father said, help my unbelief. And I think we can relate to the father. Help my unbelief. Because I believe God. You know where most of us live? We live in the place where we believe God can do it. We just don't believe he will do it. We say, I know God can do anything. But I'm not sure he's going to do this for me. Well, let me ask you something. What did he say about it? Because if you believe in what he said, nothing can stop it. Now, if you're believing in what you're wishing for, if you're believing in the outcome that you desire, you've missed the point. Your wishes don't sanctify you. Your wishes don't separate you from your problems. Your wishes don't make uh, you in union with the Holy Spirit where perfection exists. Your wishes are not what you're supposed to be believing in. It is his word. That's what you're supposed to be believing in. But if you don't know his word, how can you believe it? That's why Jesus said, if you live in my word, then you're really my disciples. Because there's going to be a lot of people who just visit my word on weekends. But my disciples are the ones who live in my word. They live in my word. They dig in the Bible. They dig. They study. They go to church because they want someone to teach them more about what they've read. They live in my word to a point where they actually believe what I say. And if you know my truth and you believe the truth, the truth will set you free. The devil can't attach anything to your life if you believe what God said. Just believe. And here we are carrying our problems and we're trying to fix them and solve them and apply our might, our wisdom, our power. Here we are trying to uh, solve things on our own. Or maybe we're trying to be religious if I pray enough or if I do enough good deeds or maybe if I give double tithes this week or maybe if I be kind to people, maybe God will have mercy on me. Here we are once again putting all the burden on our own shoulders when all God asks us to do is bring it to Jesus and just believe, just believe, just believe, just believe. Let me close with this story. There's a man in the Bible named Jairus and he has a daughter. Jairus is an official, and he has a daughter who's sick, and he comes to Jesus, and he asks Jesus to please come with him and heal his daughter, but while he's speaking to Jesus, one of his servants shows up and says, don't bother Jesus anymore, your daughter's dead. It's over. But Jesus tells Jairus something. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. I came to tell you that even if your situation looks dead, even if the news has come in the natural that there's no hope, resuscitation hasn't worked, CPR hasn't worked, the special pastor hasn't worked, even when your situation looks dead, Jesus' word is still, don't be afraid, just believe. Oh, I hope this word has inspired you to trust him today and believe God that miracles still happen. Hallelujah. I still believe that God heals the sick. I still believe that God provides miraculously for those who are broke. I still believe that God puts marriages back together. I still believe that the anointing of the Holy Spirit can deliver you from demon possession and every type of sin that has come over your life. I still believe in the transforming miraculous power of God. And if we were would just come to Jesus with faith we'd see more of it today so I want to ask you if you're in the